So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're today for another episode of our TTRPG crowdfunding review show. This is episode 15, I believe. Uh, Joining me as always is Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Good morning, everyone. We put the fun in crowdfunding. That is right. And then joining us today as a returning guest co-host is Brandon. Brandon, say hello to everyone. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, Larry, Michael, I'm excited to be here. I have three Kickstarters, as we typically do, and I'm super excited about all of them, so I'm ready to go. All right. Well, I'm glad that you are here. Um, we mentioned the last episode, you know, sort of a feast or famine last week or last time we did this. I had so many. I had a hard time choosing. I think I had three like extras that I covered. I think Larry had one or two and then Ellen had one. So we covered like 15 things. This time was a struggle. I, like I had to dig deep to find some that I was interested in talking about. Uh, but just quickly, Brandon, again, because you are you're you're a regular returning co-host, but just in case people are not familiar, where, what are you, what do you do on the internet? Any podcasts or any blogs and stuff that you can plug quickly? Yeah, I do a podcast called Dueling Ogres. You can find that on any podcatcher app. So podcast addict, iTunes, things like that. I also do a podcast called We're Probably Not Okay, which is a more serious mental health podcast. You can find both of those on Twitter at We're Probably Not Okay or at Dueling Ogres Podcast. So pretty easy to find. Excellent. Thank you for that. Again, there'll be links in the show notes to all of those, all the projects we're going to cover today, other things that Larry is involved in, uh, but let's get into it. So this week, I want to start off with a project I found on Kickstarter, and it's called The Haunted Woods, a D&D 5e adventure. This was created by Natasha Von Gestel, as close as I'm going to get. Uh, this is the first they have created. They've backed a bunch. Uh, it's currently almost 400% funded. But that's only like 220 bucks because uh, the goal was only 53 bucks converted to U.S. So it's a super small, basically this person wrote an adventure and put it on Kickstarter. Um, as of right now, it's got about 25 days to go. It ends officially on July 1st. The Haunted Woods is a Halloween-themed adventure for fifth-level adventurers for D&D 5e. The story of the Haunted Woods takes place in the village of Thornvale and its surrounding woods. Strange things have been going on, and a blight has tarnished the land. The ventures are drawn into a spooky quest to find the missing daughter of a townsman, although they may end up dealing with the source of the blight itself. So this adventure includes seven new Halloween-y-type monsters, four new magic items, and 17 unique illustrations. The adventure's done. It's ready to go. There's only one pledge level. It's two bucks U.S., and as soon as the Kickstarter closes, everybody will get their adventure. So again, I said before, these are the kinds of things that sometimes get me really excited about what Kickstarter can do and kind of what I think it was actually meant for. And as far as a TTRPG space, this is just basically a lone designer doing their own thing. They put an adventure together. They've made it look professional. They're just trying to get it out into the world. It's a very simple, it's a very clean campaign. Everything's ready to go. Two bucks if you want to get a Halloween style adventure for fifth level characters. So I wish them the best of success. I hope more people will check it out. Yeah, absolutely. You get a themed adventure like this, they're oftentimes pretty fun, and uh, it would be something great to run around Halloween. It would. It would indeed. All right. So, Larry, what about you? What do you got for us this week? Well, I'm going to start off with a a Kickstarter project called the Earldom of Gar. This one is uh, coming from Steve Turner of Britannia Game Designs. They're the publisher and producers of Chivalry and Sorcery. 
this is a Kickstarter for that game. They haven't traditionally had a lot of published adventures for, this is the fifth edition's currently what's out now. They haven't, over the past few years, have not had a strong published uh, supplement or adventure presence, really. So this is going to be a big slipcase here where you're looking at a setting guide and then four separate adventures, each with their own uh, volume. So this is going to be a five-volume book here. Uh, they are looking oh. to... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, this is like, whoa, five. That's, that's big. It is big, yes. Um, so you've got four adventure books and then the campaign guide. Uh, they've already went past their early early bird pledge. I mean, that's already uh, gone now. But uh, they're looking at... $12,500 goal converted over from uh, pounds, uh, from a 10,000 pound goal. They're at $13,744 now, so it's backed. Uh, there's 20 days to go on this. It'll be closing on the 26th. Let's see, The they're wanting to add, they've got some stretch goals here for more art. Uh, if they get hit another stretch goal, they're looking to convert these to hardbacks. Um, they're also unlocking setting PDFs that they'll be including you know, as the stretch goals get met. And um, there's an STL file for printing your own version of their little uh, mascot. They call it the Lady Viking mm. that you can get, which is, is kind of cute, but I don't have a printer. The entry pledge for this one is $25 for PDFs, and that will give you your um, unlocked PDFs as well. $63 for a PDF and print, and then they'll be using Pledge Manager to do their shipping. And uh, the estimate on that was somewhere between, it's a pretty big chart, somewhere between 7 and 20 pounds, depending on your location. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's that's pounds sterling, not pounds of material. Wait. Yeah. Uh, expecting a delivery date is November of this year. Um, but this is basically their first campaign that's going to be published for their game by them. Like I said, it, it didn't have much support as far as published adventures go. There's a lot to this one, page count and everything, but this game's yeah. been out since 1977 when they released the first edition, and these are not the same people that did that. They've just been involved with, I believe, fourth and fifth edition here, but this is a, if, you're, if you've played the game and if you like chivalry and sorcery, this is going to be a package you can pick up and get a lot of material for your, for your home game here. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm not familiar with that game. Um, I'm assuming it's D&D-ish, Knights, Dragons, Warriors type of thing. Right, there's magic and all involved, but it always seems to be way more rooted in the culture and uh, like nobility and stuff of of the time where it's mm. more important for you to kiss, you know, your lordship's butt than it would be to have a plus one sword or something along that line. Gotcha. There's a, a lot more of, of that side of the gameplay into it, but... You get maps. I mean, there's just, it's chock full of uh, things here. And there's also a link to their quick start rules if you want to take a look at it. It's, I think, a 56 page PDF that okay. goes over an adventure and uh, the rule set. All right. Very cool. All right. Brandon, what do you got for us this week? A world torn apart by war. Oh, that sounds great. The planet has split into five <laughs> factions, each a manifestation of the dragon that rules it. Survival and exploration are at the forefront of this apocalyptic 5e supplement. This week, I am doing Aurora Age of Desolation, which is a, like I mentioned, a 5e supplement that is focused on a not post-apocalyptic, but an actual apocalyptic world event that's happening. Um, it has a $20,000 goal, and it's currently sitting at 350000 so it's fully funded and then some to the extreme. It ends on June 18th, 
and pledges include $25 for the PDF, $55 for the PDF and the hardcover, or $110 for just the PDF and a gargantuan dragon monarch statue called Torshavar, the Crimson Doom. And I'm looking at this dragon mini right now, and the thing is over 12 inches tall and over 15 inches wide. So you get a gigantic statue with it if you pay that extra Kickstarter price. And the statue itself is one of the dragon lords that rules this land. So basically what it is, like I mentioned at the beginning, is there's five factions where the world has split into five factions and each one is ruled by a dragon. And so there's like acid swamps and snowy mountain crags. And you pick the faction that you start at. And then from there you play through and it's heavy based on exploration and wilderness survival and rules like that. So they've added a new advantage system. So you can do things with advantage. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the advantage system in 5e where you get to roll 2d20s instead of one. Right. Well, they're adding a lot more things that you can choose to use your advantage for something besides just getting that extra roll, which can be cool, but it's not necessarily flavorful sometimes to just get that extra advantage roll. Uh, the estimated delivery date is May 23rd. Shipping starts out at a blistering $20 for just the hardcover book, which Ooh. to me seems pretty pricey. Is that, yeah. from what you guys know, is $20 for just a hardcover pretty pricey for shipping? I mean, the way that shipping has changed recently, that it may not be, you know, like in the reality of the world, but that's higher than I have seen for a single, like the book, which I actually think it is more than one book, but just books. Yes, that's high from what I've been seeing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the risks and challenges include artwork and mechanics changing before it's finished product, before it's a finished product. So the risks and challenges, they seem like they've done this before. They've actually created four successful Kickstarters in the past. Uh, it's a company called Ghostfire Gaming. But yeah, I think the artwork looks amazing. The fact that there's all kinds of um, different backer levels you can look at is insane. It goes up to $500 for everything. And they're adding in all kinds of goodies. So there's like dice bags, there's minis you can get, there's DM screens, all kinds of stuff. So I think this one looks really exciting and it's one I probably will back myself. Very cool. I've seen several of these like gargantuan mini minis, you know, big bigatures, uh, as you might call them. And like, they're really cool. And I, I have dabbled in painting minis myself. I've kind of fallen off of it, but there for a while I was really into that. I'm terrible at it, but it's still fun. But I can't, I don't have place to put my stuff now. I cannot imagine trying to find some place to put a <laughs> mini that big so that I can use it probably one battle at the end of a campaign. I'm not saying they're not cool, but practically speaking, do either of you have a place for something like that? Because I don't. I don't have a place for that. No, not sight. remotely. <laughs> out of sight. I mean, 15 inches is pretty hefty to find room for it. Yeah, It looks really cool, though. I'll give them credit. The sculpting is is awesome. I'd love to have that one time. Someone bring it over. Let me use it and then take it away. But, wow. All right. Very did cool. You though. Say, did you say looking at this, Michael, that it looked like there was more than one book? Because I didn't see that. So just looking at the, the picture of the like the slip cover, it looks like there's a there's like a slipcover, there's a hardback book, and it looks like there's something else in there. I don't know if that, maybe that's the DM screen they're showing, but like on the the very first, like the main Kickstarter page that comes up, you can see the, the miniature, 
And then there's like the slip cover and it looks like there's two things in there. I don't, I don't know yet what the other thing is. So it looks like. I'm sorry. It's a player journal. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if that's included in the ship and you were talking or if that's a different level for a different amount. That's the only reason I was saying it looked like it was more than just a single book, but maybe, maybe it's not at the level you're talking about. I don't know. The player journal is at the $55 one. So it looks like any physical copy you get of the book also comes with the player journal. Okay. That's still expensive shipping for, for that. Cause I know I've sent media like sometimes way off topic, but like I'm on wizards of the coast press list. So every now and then I get like the new books that come out and we get the alt cover copy, which I always keep. And then we get the regular copy, which I send to Tom so that we can do our reviews. And if you just send a single book in the mail U S it's like four or $5. You just send it media mail. Yeah. Now again, so this might be international. That might be why. Yeah, they're in Australia, so that's probably why it's so expensive. But U.S. media-based mail, one book should cost you no more than five bucks. Okay. Oh. But, you know, that might be it. So. so we'll go on to my second one, and this is a game. It's also on Kickstarter called Dragon Wake. It is created by Ono Games. This is the first they've created, but they have backed nine prior. Uh, their project is currently around 117% funded, which is like $11,700 on their initial goal of 10000 So it's funded. Um, it has about 17 days to go. It ends on June 23rd. And Dragon Wake is a party game of deception, deduction, and dragons. Each player has a secret identity as either a hero or a cultist. Heroes are trying to find all the hidden relics in order to slay the dragon, and the cultists are trying to hide the relic cards and or find and wake up the dragon. Uh, there is a how to play video on the Kickstarter website. It gives the Kickstarter video itself gives a nice overview and some of the details they've taken to eliminate some of the common quote unquote failings of other social deduction games and what they've done to try to keep theirs from falling into those uh, traps. Uh, so basically what happens is you get a s- cards that you lay out in front of you and you know what they are and you're either allowed to tell the truth or you're allowed to lie. But when it's my turn, and I think there's what, there's a person who's the leader, which is often how it happens in these social deduction games. Someone is considered the leader. They get to pick who will pick the next card to uncover, but they cannot pick from their own cards, which they know what they are. They have to pick from someone else's pile, which they have, may have been lied to about what they have and where it is. I'm not exactly sure about how that works as far as like how much information you're allowed to give. But basically, if you're the cultist, you're going to want to say, oh, I've got nothing. I've got no, you could have all the relics and like, I got nothing over here. And so no one picks your cards and then we lose and the cultists win because they were able to lie. Or you could have the hero who's like, no, I have three relics. And so people might be picking that or the person who's allowed to pick who picks may not pick, may pick you to pick instead of you being picked on by someone else. So that's the way the game works is you're trying to figure out who's really telling the truth, who's lying and try to find all the relic cards. you need. I think there's five relic cards. If you get all of them before the dragon is found and or woken up, then the heroes win, if not the cultists win. So the game has been created. It's been around for like nine years. They, it's been out. People can play it. This is like the, the new version, the pretty cleaned up Kickstarter paid for version. Uh, it's 25 bucks, covers the basic version of the game. Uh, shipping is 10 bucks for the U.S., 15 for the U.K., and there's some extra higher levels for like, you know, retailers or you can get like special add-on deluxe stuff. But basically you're looking at $35 for the game shipped to you in the U.S. and 40 if you're in the U.K. So this sounds like an ideal, I mean, if the rules are quick to pick up, this sounds like a great, it says party game, but this sounds like a great con game if you've got some time between, you know, pro, or not projects, between uh, encounters or something like that. 
Yeah, this is a good, what I would call a starter game. Like when I have a gaming weekend, um, we get to like faculty retreat. Like you want something, you can get as many people you can involved. You kind of get the juices flowing and then you can break into individual groups for like different type of games. So this is the type of game that I would probably play at the beginning of a game night. And then like I said, maybe if we just have 20 minutes because this group hasn't broken up yet and we're going to play a different game once everybody's free. Uh, it definitely would find a place at my table, I think. It sounds like a fun game. Like an icebreaker? Mm, yeah, sort of. Does it say whether or not, the like, are the cultists on a team, or is it the cultists are just trying to hide the relics and the heroes are trying to find them? I don't think it's like Werewolf, where there's, like, a moment where all the cultists are allowed to know if they're cultists together. I don't think that's how that works. So I think it's just a matter of you're a cultist. You're, you're trying to keep your own counsel, and you have to try to figure out what everyone else is and, you know, that kind of thing. But it's possible. I just, I didn't see that. All right, Larry, what you got for your number two? Number two coming up is a Kickstarter, um, The Atlas of the Latter Earth. This goes along with, it's it's a supplement that goes hand-to-hand with the Worlds Without Number Fantasy RPG by Kevin Crawford. He's got 10 of them that he's created, backed 11 other Kickstarters. But if you're familiar with his Stars Without, was it Stars Without Number? That his, uh, his science fiction version, Worlds Without Number, is his fantasy RPG where it's a huge, I don't want to say humongous, like it's daunting, but it is a very large volume. Uh, at least the offset print version was, and it's full size, and it's a lot of toolbox for creating things in it. This is a gazetteer, sort of a setting for that game, but it also comes with a lot of more tools for your, uh, for running system agnostic fantasy and or also to be paired hand in hand with his worlds without number um so this uh right now is on kickstarter for let's see through june 30th uh so you've got plenty of time to get in on this one um it's at a hundred and four thousand dollars now out of a goal of twenty five thousand so it's doing pretty well yep uh let's see doesn't i haven't seen any stretch goals that are going to be unlocked in here you're looking at delivery of June of next year in 2023, roughly 200-page setting and toolbox toolbox uh, booklet. Covers nations in the neighborhood of almost 40 different nations, bestiary with new monsters, new classes and foci for your characters, optional rules for alchemy, firearms, and different levels of magic saturation in your system or in your setting, whether you want to go no magic, high magic, that kind of thing. Gritty combat and also more character tags for NPCs, which specifically mentions being system neutral that you can port over to any other fantasy style system, which just helps you create some more depth for your NPCs sort of on the fly here. The PDF on this one is listed for $20. will get you the PDF and an at-cost print-on-demand, and then you're going to have to pay shipping on top of that. If you want to get the offset book, it was $60, and that also gets you the uh, PDF here. So, um, let's see, delivery uh, June of next year. This one got my attention because Worlds Without Number, a lot of people use that mainly as a toolbox for other fantasy games, but, you know, it's a game unto itself as well. This gives you another 200 pages full of, well, the setting here, which would be, uh, you know, like I said, specifically for this game system, but all the other tools and things in there you could be porting over to your other fantasy games. So I wanted to bring this one up because he's, um, people tend to love his stuff. Uh, so he's got a lot of uh, uh, backers here. They've already bought all of the, 
Uh, let's see, all gone. Um, the offset with pr- printed ribbons, gone. There was a thousand of those, I think, or nine hundred. Those were gone the first uh, the first day. So take a look at it if you're interested. If you've read any of his other games, check them, check this one out at least because it's going to be useful no matter what system, as long as you know you're running games. I don't think as a player it may not be so useful. You had me at alchemy and firearms. That's that's cool. It's always nice to add that in, right? You want to blow yeah. stuff up? Yeah. There's no need having a character with ten fingers when you could settle for seven or six. Exactly. I mean, everybody's got those extra three. Yeah. yeah the, the artwork on the Kickstarter is very just spooky? evocative. It was spooky, but yeah, but it's it's almost otherworldly. Like the one in particular of like the the uh, buck animal, like a you know, like it's like a deer antlers, but it's like this red sort of foresty scene. But it's also sort of fey with almost like a portal. Uh, there's the one with the, the, the I don't know if it's a person, dude or whatever. It's it's person in armor with a lance that looks like it's made out of lightning while they're holding a book that looks like it's on fire. Yes, that's pretty cool looking. I'll, sure I'll give is. it that. Yeah. All right, very cool. All right, Brandon, what is your number two this week, sir? My number two is called Union Stockyards, and it is a board game. Uh, the description of it, when you go to the Kickstarter, the first thing that it says is a historical economic Euro game where you build your business empire and manipulate markets to be meatpacking king of Chicago. Uh, it is has a $14,200 goal, and it's currently sitting at 64000 This one ends June 9th, so when this episode comes out, it's going to be kind of right down to the wire on it. But if you look at the Kickstarter page itself, it comes with so much stuff. And I'm learning this about myself as I do more of these episodes with you guys, that I love these Kickstarters that are just packed with things. I mean, you look at the board game and there's little slots and places everywhere. There's 128 wooden pieces that come with the board game, cards multiple years there's just there's a lot of stuff that comes with it the game is based around manipulating and anticipating the market expanding your business and managing your workers you earn cash based on your profit margin which is your meat value minus the livestock cost players meat values will differ due to your decisions to construct buildings establish branch houses in eastern cities or improve your brand reputation and you play as one of five meat barons there are three tiers, one tier to support, or 67 for the game plus Kickstarter exclusive mini, and then a retailer tier. So, yeah, $67 for the game plus shipping. Uh, shipping looks to be about $15 to $18. It was created by Dwayne Wolf, who has created one other successful Kickstarter for a game called Pedigree. So, basically, what it looks like the game is is you are slowly developing new technology to process meat to raise your profits. So there's different cards you can see here that's like salami, where you figured out how to make salami out of your meat. So now your meat goes further and there's less waste. There's also unionizing that your workers can do, um, which will raise the prices of you know the meat and also raise the prices of how much you're paying your workers. So it looks really in-depth, but... It caught my eye as something, especially the meat packing aspect of it, just seems like something you don't typically see in a game that often. This looks like uh, socioeconomic homework, but in game form. <laughs> like I could see high schoolers playing this in their, uh, you know, sociology, sociology class. class. Right, exactly. Because yeah. there's there, there's a second I'm seeing about like like your your worker satisfaction. It can lead to a strike, and then you lose workers to a picket line. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, do these type, types of game interest you? Like the really crunchy sit down and play for hours board games? Unfortunately, my brain just isn't up for these anymore. I like games that are like really quick and easy and simple to play. Like, I'm not, I mean, it may be amazing once I played it. I would, but this was so intimidating for me. Like, I would have to have someone who knows this game already, all the way backwards and forwards, to play it with me that first time. I would not want to like try to figure this out with my friends around the table with a rule book open and YouTube, you know, how to play videos running. That does not interest me at all. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Larry? Is this something you want to play with you and your game group? I'm intrigued by the slice of the slice of the slice of the people that would be into this because, you know, <laughs> you're just breaking down smaller and smaller segments once you get something so specific. But I gotta, I'm got i taken aback by the meat eater pledge for a dollar. <laughs> Not ready to go whole hog? I mean, <laughs> dude, I he's got me with that one. I'm definitely intrigued on this just because of... I mean, obviously, this is like Monopoly, but taking up, what, two or three more steps because... Yeah, I like salami as much as the next guy, but, you know, is it really economically feasible to go that route? I want to <laughs> well, find right. out. And they have 886 backers for the $67 pledge. So apparently there's a cross-section of gamers and meatpacking enthusiasts <laughs> who have crossed over together to make this a successful Kickstarter. Wow. Wow. Yeah. See, this is the sort of thing that when I think about the game that I have, I'm working on that I might take the Kickstarter, like this is something people actually created. I just took words and put them together in an order that kind of makes sense. Like they actually <laughs> made this. So I'm, I'm happy they're doing well. Hopefully they, they, uh, hope it's, you know, they get paid for all their work because this clearly took a lot of effort. Yeah. Wow. All right. So my third one for this week it is Woodworks Gaming, the Vault Collection. This is also on Kickstarter. So it's created by Woodworks Gaming. It's their first created they've backed for. Uh, their project is currently about 160% funded, which is around 16000 on the original goal of 10000 It has about 21 days to go, ending on June 27th. So the Vault Collection is a series of handcrafted hardwood modular customizable storage and gameplay accessories for role-playing games. So We've seen these types of things before on Kickstarter. These are just uber quality components for you to like carry your dice and your minis and stuff around. They're, you know, laser engraved, uh, machine cut, stained, absolutely gorgeous, but they are expensive. So there's three different pledge levels for this one. There's the player vault, which is $125 for the single vault. Now, you have some customizable options for what the interior looks like, like different um, like modular customizable inserts. So yours might just be for dice. Yours might be for dice and a mini. Yours might be for like pens, pencils and a mini. You get to sort of make it look like what you want on the inside. Uh, shipping is free for all levels in the U.S. Canada, it is 15 for this level. Um, there is a $275 pledge level called the Travel Vault which again, shipping in the U.S. is free. That would be 25 in uh, Canada. And then you have the GM Vault, which is $535, which is basically a tri-fold GM screen made up of these vaults. So you have the ability to customize what the inside of this thing would look like. Uh, so it will hold all the things that you want it to hold. It includes some like hex-gridded, uh, transparent laminate like clasp that will like hold stuff inside of it. So when it's up, it'll be held there, but then you can pull those off, lay them down and they kind of make like a map. So you could put a map on the table, lay one of these on top of it. Now you have a gridded map. 
it is gorgeous. There's no way in hell I'm ever going to pay $535 for it. But let's say I had all the imaginary money in the world. In that game, this might be something top of my list. But if you have the money and the means, these are absolutely gorgeous, um, you know, RPG accessories for those of you who are inclined. Uh, There are waves for the pledges. So if you're on the first wave, then your product should arrive in November of this year. If you're on the back half of the wave, so there's different pledge levels, uh, it'll be March of 2023. This is their first Kickstarter, but this is a pretty established business model at this point. There's several companies that are doing these high-end custom quality type of uh, products. But this being their first, I would still probably add a couple months uh, to my expectations when I would actually get these. I'm looking at the Kickstarter right now, and there's like removable coasters and phone slots. I mean, these things are super modular. This is really cool. It is, again, very cool, but so expensive. Yeah. You've got, uh, what, there's 45 spots still open to get the free gift of the Golden Coaster if you are if you at least pledge for one of their... Uh... You know what? You sold me. I'm in now. That's it. <laughs> I don't know if it's solid gold, though. I probably not, but I'm in the U.S. So I get free shipping. So th- at those prices, I would lose money not to buy. Wow, boy! That, like you said, those are beautiful. They really they are. are. It, it does make me like have like envy. It's like I would want those. I will never buy them, but if someone gave me one, hint hint, I would gladly take one. <laughs> we may be close, but we're not that close. We're not that close, right? All right. So, Larry, what have you got for me? Oh, right now I'm still suffering from envy looking at this. Wow, that's that is that's impressive. All right then, this one is on Indiegogo. This one is Dwarven Fiasco, an adventure for fifth edition or or and uh, an OSR, which Swords and Wizardry is their the in-house system that they use. A dwarven lich has taken over the temple of the mountain. What the heck is a dwarven lich? I want to find out, and maybe you do too. This one is being uh, done by Necromancer Games. Again, it's on Indiegogo. They're sitting at $29.91 US dollars, 111 backers, 17 days left on this one. Their goal was $500. they have went uh, well past that. This one is was originally created. Uh, Edwin Nagy is the author of this one, and let's see, that was Show and Tell 104. He spoke about this a little bit, uh, one of the other shows on the uh, RPG Academy feed. This is a location-based adventure for Tier 2 party members. So for 5th edition, you're looking at, is that 5th through ninth level or something, or 4 to 6th level of OSR characters, a full party. Um, This is an old dwarven temple. There was a calamity that happened. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. Some awful things happened, and now there's a dwarven lich inhabiting the area, and the uh, the old uh, the folks that used to run the temple would like to reclaim that, but they're a little frightened to do it themselves, so they're asking for your help. Now, uh, if you are um, getting one of the printed soft covers uh, domestically, so for U.S. Uh, only, they have a one-page player handout that's like a little pamphlet. If you were going to go and visit a tourist attraction that comes with it, I thought was really pretty neat. Uh, about part way down the um, information here. But uh, Edward Nagy is their 5th edition guy for Frog God and Necromancer Games Publications. He wrote this originally in Swords and Wizardry years ago, and now I uh, was bringing it to Indiegogo to fund and go ahead and so you can get your PDF version, your print version, if you wish, as a 5th edition or an OSR module. This ends on the 21st of June. Necromancer Games has uh, created 18 other crowdfunding uh, through uh, 
Indiegogo at least. A lot of their short, smaller adventures are done this way. Let's see, well funded here. There are no stretch goals. PDF is going to be twelve dollars. Uh, it's twenty five dollars for the PDF and soft cover. They will do the soft cover as print on demand for international. I know my shipping on this. I think was it ended up being thirty or thirty one dollars for the shipping and everything. So that was twenty five for the PDF soft cover and shipping domestically. Again, this is available going to be available through Drive Through RPG print on demand. U.S. soft covers are saddle stitched. Um, they are eight and a half by eleven, so full size books here, and they've been good for two or three sessions. Most of these adventures are are hefty with a good description of a central area you're going to be spending time in, and then, like I said, this one is a location based adventure. It's going to be a fully detailed temple here. You get to explore. There's artwork here you can take a look at. The dwarves are in trouble. They need your help. I'm looking at this artwork right now where there's a skeleton drinking a pint of some sort of liquid and it's leaking out of its jaw and that is really good they seem to be done with a little i would say tongue-in-cheek there's certainly some some goofiness that goes on up there at frog god for sure yeah you know if you're interested in it it's a 12 bucks for the pdf and again and 25 plus shipping for the print on demand yeah and as larry mentioned uh he recently did an interview with the author of this adventure this wasn't the focus of that conversation, but it was covered a little bit. I'll put the links to that show note in this in, in this in these show notes as well if you want to go back and listen to that. So Right. Alrighty. So I think that brings us actually I will mention this is one of the ones I was going to pick, but you had already claimed it. So when I was looking for ones, I actually did find this one. I was like, Oh, that looks kinda cool. And then you're like, Well, Larry's already got that one. So <laughs> all right. So Brandy, if you don't mind, take us home here. What is your third one this week, please? I'll take us home. My third is called Beak, Feather, and Bone Claw Atlas. So what this is is an expansion for the original game called Beak, Feather, and Bone, which is a world-building collaborative game, which this kind of stuff I love. Being a forever DM, anytime you can get your players to help with world-building is fantastic, at least for me. So the way this works is players draw from a standard 52-card deck to determine a building's purpose, and then describe its beak, which is reputation, its feather, which is appearance, and its bone, which is the interior. As buildings are claimed, a narrative for the town and its inhabitants emerges, including major NPCs and shifting power dynamics. It has a $5,000 goal, and a little over 6 k is pledged so far. This one ends July 1st. It adds 10 new city maps and two new player classes to the game, and reward tiers include $5 for Digital Claw Atlas, or $7 for the bundle with Claw Atlas and the original Beak, Feather, and Bone, or $20 for the print-based game and this Kickstarter. Shipping is around $3.50 in the U.S., $10 outside of the U.S., and it was created by Tyler Crewmine of Possible World Games. So, from... What I can gather from this game and the reviews that I read and just the different um, walkthroughs that I kind of read online doing a little bit of extra research, you have a city map and each player goes through and you have stickers that you put on the map as you name different buildings in this town. And then a story starts to come through of this town and, and as I mentioned, uh, major NPCs, shifting power dynamics, things like that. So it describes itself as lightly competitive. I think it's more collaboration than actual competition. I'm not sure where the competition lies in it because everything I could read about it just seems like it's just collaborative. 
The artwork is amazing, I think. It's Little Crow People. And yeah, there's not a whole lot to it besides that. I just love these kind of collaborative thinking games. They always excite me as far as um, get me interested in checking things out. I've never played Microscope, but this seems like these are similar. I don't get it because I've never played Microscope. I know a little bit about it. Are you familiar with Microscope? Is that a comparison or am I off base? I have played Microscope, and I would say that this is a... This does seem to compare to it as far as how you work together to create stuff. I don't know if it's um if it works so far as how microscope you set out index cards and kind of stretch the timeline that way. I think this is entirely based around the maps that come with the game. Gotcha. Okay. It's still very cool though. Yeah. I I do think that's kind of a neat thing and um you know, I've had a couple RPG campaigns that we have talked about doing something like Microscope or something like this to sort of build the game world together before we start the the campaign in that world. And I think that would be a fun, fun thing to do at least once. Try it. Yeah. Plus, I mean, seven bucks for the game plus the original game, you, for digital anyway, you can't really beat that. Or yeah, $12 for the print. I mean, that's just, it's so cheap. Yep. Uh, so it looks like, Larry, you have a shout out this week. I had one I wanted to add quickly. It's on Kickstarter. It's called Injuries and Vile Deeds. It's an injury system for 5th edition. They've more than doubled their goal, so it's funded. Uh, but it's it's got uh, 25 days to go, so it's still early. But uh, this is just a little peek at it. There's a, they've got a, a, you know, if you've played Warhammer or any other games and you have a critical hit, sometimes you can, like, knock somebody's eyeball out or shatter their <sighs> knee or something like that. This right. is... This uh, goes a little bit, uh, take that down a few notches, and so it doesn't just completely destroy your character, but it works on NPCs, works on PCs. They have what they call a threshold level. If you do, I believe if you do damage over that, then you have at least a chance of causing some other effect. And this allows you to target things. The system is set up to allow people to say everybody targets the giant's leg well there's going to be a greater chance of actually doing something specific to that body part or something so Mm. it was just something to look into to add some more mechanics into um, what they're saying they sort of joins mechanics and narrative together as far as you know you guys want to target something it's not just well it adds four more hit points of damage it'll actually do something but I might cover this one uh, more in depth next time if if there's some interest in it. But yeah, I right. just wanted to get that one out there because it was neat. I thought, and it's on Kickstarter as well, right? Yes, it is Kickstarter injuries and vile deeds. All right, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So, all right, well that brings us to everyone's favorite part of the show, and this is where we pretend that we have all the imaginary money in the world and do the going last memorial Kickstarter. So, Larry, you have all the imaginary money in the world. Out of the nine main campaigns that we covered this week, which one are you throwing some of that imaginary money at? Knowing that you will never even get to play the others. Well, yeah, I know. That's always the, the rub, isn't it? I mm-hmm. think I'm going to go in as a meat packer here and uh, go ahead and get the exclusive <laughs> gate miniature, the full copy of Union Stockyards, because that one's been on my mind. I can't get that one out of my head. I uh, Yeah, I'm going to go in on that. It's not that much, but you know what? I'm st- it's going to get it. It's going to get my $17 billion of fake money. <laughs> all right, Brandon, same to you. You have all the imaginary in the world. You can back any of these uh, Kickstars at any level you want. But by doing so, you are unable to ever even play anything else, because even if someone else has it. Well, hopefully I can watch Larry play Union Stockyards, the meatpacking game, as I celebrate my gaming vault collection, which is what I'm going to buy. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it's hard to pass those up. Yeah, exactly. Five hundred twenty-five dollars. If it's not my money and I can just spend it on whatever I want, sure, I'm getting that wooden DM screen with the custom insides and the shiny on the outside. Uh, that that's an easy one to go with. I'm actually gonna to to throw things in curveball here at myself. I'm actually gonna go with that Aurora Age of Desolation Ooh. and get that. Big ass miniature and find some place to put it. Maybe if I have all the imaginary money in the world. I'll buy a house next to my house and make that my gaming house and I'll have plenty of room. Uh, but that is just really cool. And that game does actually sound a lot of fun. So if I'm playing with other people's money, I'll give that one a shot. But then you'll have to paint them. And that's a whole other issue, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've already proven I don't have to paint them because I have a probably a good hundred <laughs> minis over my shoulder here. And I've got like 300 coming from another Kickstarter that I buy. Actually, more because I backed both the X Men. A limited game, the little mini game, and then I backed the Marvel Zombie side. So I've got like 600 miniatures coming that will never get painted. So I have proven you wrong, sir. <laughs> All right. So thank you both, as always, for being here. Uh, Larry, where can people find you on the internet if they want to come yell at you for your wrong, bad opinions? Uh, Twitter, um, at uh, Monfrey999 would be the best place. All right. And then again, you have a <laughs> podcast as well? Yes, Mumfrey's Musings, uh, where I go over the weekly adventures that my players are, are up to in the Curse of Strahd campaign. Fantastic. And then, Brandon, if people want to come hang out with you and get some good recommendations, where do they go? Uh, if people want to find me, you can go on Twitter at cranial underscore kitten. Fantastic. And again, links to all of the projects we covered will be in there, all the various blogs and podcasts that we're all associated with, including the show and tell that Larry did with Edwin They'll be in the show notes. As for myself, you can find me, of course, at the RPG Academy. Uh, you can send any emails you have, comments, questions, concerns to the RPG Academy at gmail.com. Uh, and I'll just quickly shout out our new streaming show, The Sample Adventures. We had our first successful stream, uh, second session, but we got to play a, a session of Temples and Tombs, which is a Mutant Year Zero engine game that is themed over pulp action movies like Romancing the Stone, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. And we had the designer of the game himself, Christopher Gray, run us through a session. It will be up on YouTube soon. Still on Twitter for another couple of days. And then there will be an audio-only version coming out sometime in the future. We have a list of like 40 different games that we're going to be going through over the next few years, probably. Uh, and then we just remember that in their show notes, we will include links to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, the Trevor Project website, as well as the Crisis Text Line. Uh, so if you or someone you know is having some issues and uh, needs some help, please make sure you get the help for yourself or for them. And then we will sign off by saying, if you're having fun... You're doing it right. That is correct. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Good night. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show, and if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, 
One Sheet Adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.